When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne right here on SEN. And of course, it is grand final eve. The big game being broadcast tomorrow on SEN 1116 and the SEN app right across Australia. And Jared Waitley will be calling that with Anthony Hudson. But we are joined by, well, footballing royalty, Payne. This man, though, has been on the coaching merry-go-round, if you believe believe the media and believe <laughs> the newspapers and everything that's on Twitter. He's been coaching Carlton. He's been coaching... Collingwood, he obviously have just finished up as a coach of Hawthorne. I even heard his name thrown out there to be the coach of the Manchester United Football Club. Since Ronaldo <laughs> made it back there. But the first question I want to ask Alistair Clarkson, who's joining us, is Clarko, are we good, me and you? Are we good after I towed that one through late in round 23 and <laughs> send you out on a draw? <laughs> <laughs> what about that? You just... You just thought you'd, you'd, you'd do it in just the fashion where it just rolled over the line before Sean Bergwin of all players could, could oh. try and touch it on the line. You're, uh, yeah, that was excruciating, you prick. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 30 seconds in. I got you back, though, mate. I, um, I only voted your third best mark of the year. Clark, he's only just got over that one. Yeah, come he's on, only just got over that one. You've had two months to get oh. over yours. I just haven't got over mine yet. Yeah, mate, you're stiffer than a dead man. I thought, I thought you actually uh, should have won that, mate. It was a, it was a, it was a great catch. Robbed, mate. Absolutely robbed. robbed. It was. Yeah. It was. Now, Clarko, <laughs> astonishingly, um, at the moment, mate, we've got you down here as, as unemployed. Surely um, not. I believe in the yeah, last 24 hours not. we've learnt you've become a bit of a promoter. Um, you, you're promoting your yeah, 36 well, short like... gin and whiskey. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we've got a, a great uh, or mate of mine who's... Uh, Lives in Adelaide. They were great friends of ours when we were over there for four years, and they they were originally market market gardeners, and they still do, um, you know, grow some tomatoes and cucumbers and whatnot. But um, their father was a Macedonian lad. He and two two of his brothers came out in the 1950s. You know, Europe was pretty depressed at that point in time following the Second World War, so they came out there to the Promised Land trying to find their their fortune. And um, as a as a hobby. Um, he made the he distilled these beautiful gins and, and vodkas and whiskies and just did it as a hobby for a long time until that many of his mates and that said, gee, this is better than the stuff that we buy in the shop. So they applied for a licence and just at the point that they got the licence, old, old Pando passed away, which is really sad. It was quite sudden. And his two his two boys, uh, John and Con, uh, good, strong Macedonian names, those two boys. John and Con. John and Con. <laughs> <laughs> they've, um, as a legacy to their father, they've, uh, they've, um, you know, carried on the business. They've produced this uh, this beautiful gin and, and vodka that actually is a little bit different to the way most on the market. They they infuse the blood orange and the rhubarb and all the different flavours. They infuse it into the gin as part of the special 
Macedonian recipe. So it's a pretty special brew. So um, yeah, I've jumped I've jumped on board. The Macedonians they're 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 pretty clever at distilling, but they're not so good at promoting and marketing. And I'm not too great at it either. But I thought I could give it a little bit of a plug in myself and and Dimmer have jumped behind these guys. They're uh, they're a great great family, but very very humble and um, very very low key. So we're just giving them a hand over over grand final weekend to to promote their product. Well, Clarko, they've managed to do what two very big football clubs can't do, and that's actually get you to sign on the dotted line to become a promoter <laughs> and ambassador for a, for a company, which is which is very good. They must have some good persuasive uh, techniques techniques they've used. I want to break it down and to talk about obviously the the decision that you've made. Um, along with your family, is not to head back into coaching for 12 months or, or whatever period it is. How, how do you make that come to that decision? Because you you are you are a coach, and we know coaches love to coach. Was it a hard decision to make? Um, well, it was, it was a tough decision because Collingwood and Carlton, the two clubs that I respect enormously, despite the fact that they've had their troubles over the last last little while. But you know, when I was growing up in the and, you know, I was very impressionable at sort of, you know, eight, ten years of age. Carlton and Collingwood were the two dominant clubs in the competition. So, you know, they played off in grand finals. And, you know, Collingwood were quite often the bridesmaid, unfortunately. But um, but they were both really, really successful clubs in terms of, you know, playing off the silverware on a regular basis. And, you know, if there was perhaps a, a, a big club that you wanted to coach, um, you know, Richmond, Essendon, Collingwood, Carlton are, are the clubs. But um, the, the timing just wasn't wasn't right for me. I've been doing it for, for 17 years. Um as you probably know with Dimo, most senior coaches, they've only got two gears. It's flat out and, and stop. Um, and I haven't uh, I haven't really sat in uh, in second or third gear for a long period of time. You know, I've been involved in the game at either playing or coaching level for 35 years. I've, I've had a great run um, and, you know, indebted to the game, really. And um, I just thought if I, I took 12 months off, it would give me a chance just to take a breath. Um, commit a commit a bit of time to my family and friends, which have probably been sacrificed a little bit over the journey. And I want to do a little bit of study if I can overseas. Um, and I want to I want to explore whether I can give back to the game for um, for 12 months or two years. You know, I've I've uh, I've been enormously benef- benefited from the fact that I've been at Clubland for 35 years. But um, I'd like to do something for the for the industry, and you know that includes perhaps doing some stuff for for the for the Tatty Push and their own team. You know, I've obviously been involved in in Tassie for, for 17 years and the whole time that I've been at Hawthorne we've been playing games down in Tassie I've got a really good affiliation with the um, with the Apple Isle and um, you know two of my great mates in, in Brendan Bolton and, and Chris Fagan are obviously from Tassie and homegrown product and um, you know Grant Birchall and, and amongst others have, have played for our club and um, and have, have contributed enormously to Tassie footy and, and showing showing young kids the pathway but They've just fallen off the radar a little bit, and the best way to get them back on the radar is to, um, you know, pursue this um, this team from Tassie in the national competition, which I think would be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely, Clarko. Oh, we're pretty sure the Tasmania and the Task Force are pretty keen to have you involved as well. Their ears have just um, pricked up, haven't they, Painty? They have, and we'll get to that again in a second, Jack. I just wanted to ask you though, Clarko, if you touched on it, then 17 years you've been coaching in Tasmania with Hawthorne. Have you got a favourite memory um, of that time, and and um, and you work with Hawthorne up at uh, Utah Stadium. Yeah, well, listen, we we've got a very good record there. We, it's um, it was a home away from home for us, but probably the the special memory for me was uh, 2008, and um, Shane Crawford played his 300th game against Brisbane down at um, down at Utah Stadium. Um, he was uh, he was battling a little bit. He had terrible uh, tendonitis, patellar tendonitis in both his knees midway through 2008, and um, yeah, we're, 
we were wondering whether we'd ever be able to get him to 300 games. So, you know, we, uh, we managed his training program. And strangely enough, once he got to, it was about around 20, I think, he, he, he passed the, or got to the, got to the milestone and uh, then got a, got a little bit of a sniff to the fact that we might, uh, we might be able to go all the way and, and win a flag. So found his knee good. <laughs> found an extra uh, lead. Found, found, found an extra, extra five games and, um, and, you know, so if his 300th wasn't special, then uh, certainly his 305th was because that was his last game of AFL footy and culminated in a, in a premiership um, after uh, 17 years in the game. I'm interested, uh, well, a big buddy would be flat pain. He wouldn't he just kick 13 he down there? Well, you know my favourite Clarko Tasmanian one, Jack, right, I told you. It? it was when he lined up Brett Stubbs in the uh, <laughs> oh, post-game yes. press. Uh, Stubbs, oh. he hasn't been the same since. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he'll be listening, so Stubbs, he's sorry to bring it up, but yep. it was a great moment. <laughs> it was a very, very good moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mistakenly thought, thought Stubbs was on the Hawks side, but uh, he, was, uh, he was very impartial. I gave him a bit of a surf, but I didn't like his impartiality. <laughs> Fair enough. Good, very good. <laughs> They deserve it every now, every now and then to be put back in their place. Clarko, the, the next 12 months, and you just said then that you would like to be involved in Tasmanian football and, and giving back to the game. Ideally, what, what would that be in the, in the next 12 months, 24 months, or even the period after that? What, what could you see yourself doing um, bar coaching to actually give back to, to the game and, and to Tasmanian football? Yeah, well... If, if Tassie are going to get a team in the competition, I think the, a couple of the mistakes that GWS and Gold Coast made was was a, was a pretty hasty. You know, from the announcement of the license that they were granted by the AFL to the time that they came into the competition, I think was might might have been two or three years, and it didn't give you know the the other clubs in the competition. Um, you know, there was there was enormous compensation given to those two clubs to get up and get going because they. They weren't foundation um, heartland clubs. They were in obviously Western Sydney and uh, and the Gold Coast, which which had had footy presence, but nothing like Tasmania. Um, I just think that um, you know we've got to reinvigorate um, footy down in Tasmania, and it's going to take a period of time to do that. We've got to get footy back into the schools. We've got to get the pathway program get right. We want in five or six years' time, if that was the time that, that Tasmania came into the competition, we we want to make sure that. Um, the bulk of the players that were going to play for the Tassie side actually were Heartland Tassie, Tassie people. And, um, you know, we're going to need to um, bring some guys from the mainland to play for the Tassie side, without a doubt, through the draft. But by and large, if we can start the program through the schools and the pathway programs really strongly, um, announce, the, announce the license, get that, get that grant as soon as we can, and then don't be impatient. Let's just, let's just do it steadily and take... Take five or six years to, to build up the the grassroots and build build the fabric of the club. You know, touch into the the, the very fabric of the Tassie history. You know, like some of some of the icons of and legends of the Australian game have uh, have come from Tassie. You know, the the Doc Bulldogs and the Royce Hearts and the Ian Stewarts and Peter Hudson, these sorts of guys. They're they're, they're, leg, they're legends of the game. Not not to mention you know Virtual and you know here I say it, uh, Jack Rewalt not finished yet. <laughs> Rich Richo's in front of me. <laughs> But, uh, but there, there's just some iconic people, and not just um, not just iconic people that have played the game, um, administered the game, coached the game. You know, we got Bolts and Bolts and Fakes that are just so passionate about their homeland um, and home state that um, that they'd love to contribute and see a see a Tassie team in the national competition. And I, I, I genuinely believe um, that the national competition should be truly national, and it, it's not a national competition until Tassie are in it, and it's not really a national competition. Dare I say it until 
the Northern Territory are in it as well. And I mean, that's that's further away. That's that's a lot harder that one. But um, Tassie should already, in my view, have a team in the competition. And because it hasn't, well, let's roll up the sleeves and, and make sure that there are they're a team that's uh, that none of this quasi quasi stuff either. Yeah, let's get let's get a Tassie standalone team out of uh, out of the Tassie market. But let's uh, take our time to build it up. And if I can help in some small way, you know, I've got a teaching background, so my understanding of schools and pathways and that sort of stuff is pretty strong. So it's at that that, that sort of level, um, which is really going to form the basis of the of the Tasmanian side. We don't want to be a side that just limps into the competition and gets smacked in the first two or three years or five years of its existence. We want to get in there and uh, make a good fist of it. But if we've got Tassie product, then this whole go-home thing and retention of players and that sort of stuff becomes a no-brainer. When uh, when you've got Tassie people that are born and bred, they know how good this state is. Um, the tourism, you know, if it's... it's, it's, it's if it, if it wasn't an island, if it was part of it, it was actually part of the mainland of Australia, it would be the tourist destination of uh, of the world, really. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit forgotten Definitely. about Tassie, but if you if you if you actually got down there enough, like we've been fortunate enough to do over the last seventeen years, it is it is the mecca of uh, of tourism in this country. And um, yeah, you might have to you might have to rug up a couple of times, but uh, by geez, it's got some beautiful places. You know, whether that's the the north, the south, the east, or the or the rugged west, um, it's a uh, it's a beautiful part of our country. Certainly is, Clark. Now, one of the one of the major sticking points, I guess, of, of getting the 19th license is going to be getting majority support of the the other club presidents. What what do you think needs to happen, or what should the Tasmanian Task Force or government be focusing on there on on making sure that we get those 18 presidents across the line? Yeah, well, I think I think there wouldn't be a, a, a president. You know, to be fair, if we're talking about a national competition, I don't think there's a president or a CEO or a coach or a football follower out there that doesn't think that Tassie should have a team in it. Yeah. Uh, what they where they become perhaps a little bit um, self-centred is that oh, they don't want that to be at the expense of their club. So you know if if, if to, to bring Tasmania into the competition there was going to be compromised drafts and um, and you know each club has to give Tasmania a player or something like that, which was what they had to do with the Brisbane Bears many many years ago. Then um, they don't want it to implicate their. Uh, their club too much, but I think philosophically they they like the concept of Tasmania being in a national competition. So, what that's that's the whole idea of just taking our time and making sure that the pathway program is really really strong. So you've got Tasmanian products. So uh, you don't have to compromise the drafts as much. So it doesn't implicate any of the other 18 clubs in the competition anywhere near as much. And I think if that was to be the case, obviously we're going to need some compensation, but not to the level that, that Gold Coast and GWS. Um, got, and you know there's a lot of a lot of club presidents still to this day say, oh, geez, they were they were overcompensated those two clubs because it, it made it really difficult for clubs in the middle of the ladder um, to to get themselves up into the top echelon because all the significant talent was going to those two clubs for a fair period of time. So if we can do something in that space, I think it will help the club presidents realise that okay, it's not going to implicate our individual clubs too much. So let's let's support the granting of this licence to Tassie and let them get to work. Clark, I want to do a little bit of crystal balling here with you then. Everything you're talking about here makes makes absolute sense. And we had Hamish Ogilvy, the national recruiting manager from the Adelaide Football Club, on how we would set up a club. I want to put it to you. Let's say Chris Fagan finishes up at, up at Brisbane and, and season 2026 rolls around and we've got the inaugural Tassie team. And, and Fags, who is a proud, proud, proud Tasmanian, as you would know, loves the state, puts his hand up to be the head of football, which he had, which the role he had at, at Hawthorne Football Club. Would you entertain coaching 
the Tasmanian team in, in its first year, or being the first coach of the Tasmanian AFL team if it was granted a licence and started in the season 2026? Yeah, well, it d- depends where I'm at and what I'm doing at that point in time. Um, but, yeah, we, we, without a doubt, you know, the, um, but, but also there, there's some other guys out there, like, like Bolts and Fags, both, both would be great candidates, you know, if it's a... If it's a, a, a Tassie guy that you want to coach the club, then you've got two rippers there. You know, both those guys I can see in really, really strong roles for the Tassie side, either in coaching or in football administration, setting up the setting up the club. But you know, it, because it is six years away, um, who knows what we're all going to be doing at that point in time? But uh, but certainly from this far out, you know, if uh, if I were if I was unemployed like I am now, um, I'd be putting my hand up big time to to get involved in some such an exciting venture. I I think it's a no-brainer for the AFL competition and it's a no-brainer for Tassie to roll their sleeves up and, and get behind it. You know, footy's been such a, a big part of the, the the fabric of Tasmania for over a century and, um, as we said earlier, you know, some pretty iconic people. You know, the alumni of, of Tassie people that have had an influence on AFL or VFL footy in the past is pretty significant and we want to hear their voices. We want to hear their, their enthusiasm for a Tassie team. Um, and we want them to contribute to the reason why Tassie should have a, a team in the national competition. Well, a very good friend of this show, well, Clarko, is uh, our, pre- uh, well, our Premier, Peter Gutman, and I know he'll be listening. And I think um, he's given me the power to actually um, accept you in as a Tasmanian. We're going to accept you in as a pseudo-Tasmanian. You've spent 17 years down there playing football. So on behalf of me and Payne, welcome to being a Tasmanian. You joined Fags and, uh, and Brendan Bolton as great Hawthorne men that are coming in. I want to quickly get your uh, thoughts on the grand final tomorrow. Big, big game. The, the t- arguably the two best teams um, are going at it. Uh, how do you see it playing out and who do you think might win? Yeah, there's going to be some intriguing games within the game. Um, you know, I'm really fascinated to see you know what happens with you know Jack Lever and Stephen May. You know the the uh, strategy that that Bevo and the the Dogs used against the Lear Lear in the in the prelim final really upset the um, you know the defensive structure of the the Port Adelaide side. And I don't see Melbourne being any different to that. I think we'll, we'll see a really unusual type of look in the uh, in the Bulldogs forward line instead of the the Melbourne defenders picking up the Western Bulldogs forwards. I think it'll be vice versa. I think the Western Bulldogs forwards are going to pick up the the, the Melbourne Melbourne defenders, which is what's happened in a couple of their games this year, which is intriguing. But and the other one is uh, is Liberatore. I think uh, there's there's some more heralded uh, Western Bulldogs players in the midfield in Bontempelli and McRae. You know they're both in the top five in the Brownlow medal. But Liberatore is the one for mine that. He looks untidy, he's unfashionable, but um, he's the real he's a real spirit of the of the Bulldogs midfield. And I, I you know, in the first first clash between these two sides earlier in the year, they Melbourne in their wisdom placed James Arms on uh, on Liberatore, and it wasn't the sole reason why Melbourne won that game. But um, I really feel like it it, uh, it knocked a bit of the midfield impetus out of the out of the Dogs. Um, I feel in the, the return game later in the season, Melbourne for whatever reason didn't choose to do that, and the Dogs won that game. So. I don't think it's just about that particular matchup, but I'll be intrigued to see if Liberatore. You know, he was a, he was significant in the in the first first quarter of the Port Adelaide game, and um, yeah, I'd uh, I'd be really surprised if if the Demons didn't you know do a lot of homework into how they could try and quell his influence. 
Three weeks yeah, is a lot Clarko, of time. No doubt, mate. It's going to be one hell of a grand final. Now, we, the other reason we have got you on is the your new role as the promotion of uh, the big 36 they role, got him, doing the their own. They got him. Jack, listen to this, doing their own grand final promotion. So we've just had a little bit of insight into the grand final from Alistair Clarkson. But if you want to hear more... And better still, if you want to have a debrief of a the debrief AFL Grand Final... From two what? What are you talking? With Alistair Clarkson and Damien Hardwick, yep. two of the great coaches of the modern day. All you've got to do is go to www.36short.com.au this week and just buy, simply online, a bottle of the gin, whiskey or vodka. You're going to the drawer to, to you and 20 of your mates to have a debrief of the Grand Final at 5pm on Monday night. Right, get yelled on at. Zoom call. Get yelled at by Alistair two of the great Clarkson, coaches. Damien Hardwick. I'll tell you what, I'm going to get online myself now. I'm going to buy it. And if you're, if there is any aspiring coaches out there listening or people that just love their footy, what an opportunity to get online, buy a nice bottle of gin. You can maybe sit back and open it on Monday night while you're going through the DB for the grand final. But I'm, uh, I'm getting online now, Jack. Clarko, surely you can send, mate. Get, get Demo to send me one and then you organise through your manager with Painy that you can send out a little bit of 36 and we'll, we'll sample it for you and let you know if it's any good and if the Macedonian yep. recipe's as good as you say it is. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good brew. Just add, add lots of ice, a little bit of tonic, and a little bit of pink grapefruit juice, and you've got a beautiful, beautiful drink. And you put you slice a bit of blood orange as a, as a condiment on the top. You're, uh, you're very, very popular with uh, with the wife too, Jack. You're a master chef. Very, very refreshing spring carnival drink, Jacko, so get on board, lad. Uh, very good, very well. Clarko, thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You've, uh, you've had a massive impact on, obviously, the Hawthorne Football Club, and by product of that, you've had a massive impact on Tasmanian football and Tasmanian people. So thank you for that. We really do appreciate what you have done for Tassie Footy, and thanks for joining us on Jack and Paney. Good on you, boys, and good luck to those Demon boys and, and Western Bulldogs boys in, uh, in the big game tomorrow. It should be a cracker of a game. There you go, Paney. The great coach, Alastair Clarkson. Uh, Well, so many things to debrief out of that. And we'll do that right after the break. We'll be back shortly.